the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome to the Frank Sontag Show. I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles, and I am your host today. It's so glad to be with you here on this lovely Monday. Hey, here's a little bit of trivia for you. Did you know that on this day, July 26, 1775, that the U.S. postal system was established? And I hear that there's going to be a price hike coming soon. Sorry, inflation seems to be hitting everything. Now they're saying it's going to cost 58 cents to mail whatever you need to mail. But hey, let's think happy thoughts. It's a good day today. But here's another note for all of you people of trivia. Did you know that the Postal Service in 1913... Did you know that you could actually mail a baby through the mail? You might be thinking, what? Are you serious? Yes. In 1913, they allowed you to mail a baby. I bet some of you parents today wish this was still available. You might just mail that out-of-control teenager to Siberia. But I'm sorry, they stopped it all in 1921. You can't mail your children in the mail anymore. Hey, listen, though. Also on this day, that is July 26, 1943, Rolling Stones frontman Mick Jagger was born. You know, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, they've been singing about time is on my side. But looking at both of them, I'm not so sure that time is still on their side. Which brings up the subject of time. Is it really on our side? There's 24 hours in a day, 1,440 minutes in every single day. Why was it that when I was in the fifth grade, I felt like I was there for 35 years? Now, well, time seems to be flying by by the decade. I wonder how time is for you. Is time moving in slow motion since COVID hit? Or has it changed into hyperdrive now that we've kind of come out of COVID? Are we going back in? I don't know. I can't keep up with it. Why don't you call in and tell me how time is working for you? You can call in at 888-528-2557. Because I'd like to know what occupies your time. What are the priorities in your life as we're going in this difficult season of life? For some, you might be pursuing life in the fast lane. But hey, watch out. Here's a word of caution. Because if you're looking for satisfaction in this life by the pursuit of more stuff, I'm going to have to quote our birthday boy once again here today. That is Mick Jagger since it's his birthday of the Rolling Stones. You know, he's been singing about satisfaction for the last 55 years since 1966. What has he been singing? Can't get no satisfaction. Many have said our country 
is facing difficult times, that we're in dire straits, you could say. We have rising crime, higher taxes, inflation hitting new highs, unsecured border, massive cultural, you know, just unrest. But have you really thought, how did we get here? We're in our impact segment here today. We're going to wonder how exactly did we get to this place? Because I would think that a lot of us would be thinking, wait a minute, I don't want to be here anymore. Where can we get off of this ride? Can you stop the roller coaster? The merry-go-round. I don't want to be here anymore. I was looking at Google Docs, and they had 14 reasons of why the last world governing empire fell. Now, the last world governing empire was Rome. That means it was kind of one government that ruled the whole world. There hasn't been one since Rome. But the United States is like a governing empire. We're the main superpower, at least as of today we are. But what can we learn from history? What can we learn from the last superpower that ruled the world, and that was Rome, And what Google Docs said for the reasons that Rome fell closely resembles what a British military officer by the name of John Begott Glubb said in his book entitled The Fate of Empires. The Fate of Empires. Now, this man, John Begott Glubb, he scoured history and he came to the conclusion that most empires only last between two Hundred and two hundred and fifty years. Wow, the United States is coming up on our two hundred and fifty year mark here. Now, which brings up this fact: it seems like the only thing that we ever learn from history is that we learn nothing from history. See, as I go back to Google Docs, which again goes right alongside with what John Bagot Glove said in his book, The Fate of Empires. Google Docs brings up, again, 14 reasons why the last governing empire, Rome, fell. So let's look at some of those things. You know, here are the top five. Number one, now let's see if you're ready for this. This is why Rome fell. Decline in morality. Really? And he defined it as sexual promiscuity, lewd acts, and massive alcohol consumption. Hmm. Wow. Uncontrolled sexual desires in all capacities, lewd acts, and massive alcohol consumption. Have you noticed at Ralph's Grocery Store, Albertsons, all the different grocery Vaughn's, have you noticed where the alcohol aisle used to be like, you know, just a couple things? Well, actually, I remember when there was no alcohol. Now they're like two aisles, three aisles, four aisles. I would say that it's quite possible that we are going down this same road in the decline in morality. The second thing is political corruption. Gee, use your imagination for that. Do you think that we have any political corruption? Oh my goodness, that's all we talk about anymore in the hypocrisy from one side to the other. The third thing, and I'm just naming five of the 14, the third thing was a failing economy. 
And what was the failing economy caused by? We're talking about what caused Rome to fall, the last superpower here in the world. It's like it was caused by heavy spending. Did you read there on the news just, uh, I think it was yesterday, that San Francisco approved a $20,000 expenditure for trash cans? That's right. They're only like two to $3,000 a piece because they want to beautify San Francisco with designer stainless steel trash cans. Could you imagine spending $20,000 on one trash can? Are you serious? The city's falling apart. There's homeless tents everywhere. And you're going to drop all this money, 20000 bucks, a trash can? They set aside some $550,000, a half a million dollars for trash cans. Okay, let me get off the soapbox here. So the failing economy was caused by heavy spending, excessive taxing, and high inflation. Boy, I wonder if we have any of that going on right now. The fourth thing that caused Rome to fail was the mob mentality. See, they had many people that were not working, and because they were not working, they were bored, which led to civil unrest. I mean, like, you can't make this stuff up. This is exactly what's happening here today. And in Rome, there was rioting in the streets again with civil unrest. Number five was there was a decline in ethics and values. No one cared about life anymore, and bloodshed led to more bloodshed. Wow. So here's the obvious question. Since we all know the problem, since we all are part of this great country, United States of America, and we see these same problems unraveling around us, what should be our response? What do you think our response should be? We have a number here you can call in. I'd like to hear what your response is to that. 888-528-2557. That's 888-528-2557. What should be our response? Now, one thing that I noticed, you know, with the decline of our society and our culture, there was a study that was just done, and they looked at what church attendance was like uh, over the years. And they found that church attendance coming out of World War II was averaging about 73%. Now think about that. 73% coming out of World War II uh, people were going to church, 73%. So you could say that three quarters of America was going to church. Now, as we went through time, as you look at this graph uh, of U.S. church membership, uh, it has declined consistently. Now, it went up again. The high point was 76% actually in 1946. So it was 76%. So it was a little over three quarters percent. But then it started dropping off. Now, there was a, it dipped uh, down to 68% in like 1985. But get this coming out of the Gulf War and all of that in the 90s, hitting the year 2000, it had ticked back up to 70% of people went to church just 21 years ago. But I wonder what the difference was in church 
back in 1946, 47, and 48 compared to the quality of church in the year 2000. I wonder what people were teaching because now we have so many different forms of what we say is Christian. We have progressive Christianity, which I would suggest to you is not Christianity at all because a progressive Christian would say, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe in the Bible. But yet, when questioned on some of those subjects, it would be, well, I don't believe in that part, or I don't believe in this part, and no, well, I don't believe in this anymore, but I believe in that. And unfortunately, we don't have the option as the created being to go to our creator and say, well, you know, creator God, uh, I believe in you. I just don't believe in all that you say. And I don't believe in all what the Bible says. And so it becomes a very different thing. So all of a sudden, maybe the church attendance that happened in 1947 at 76% could be a little different outcome of the church attendance of 70% in the year 2000. But here's the caveat here. In the last 21 years, for the first time since the foundation of our country, church attendance has fallen below 50%. Right now, they claim, the polls say, that church attendance in 2021 is around 47%. 47%. Now, I wonder how many of the people in what churches they're going to that make up that 47% are even being taught the truth of God's Word. Now, we know that through COVID, when COVID came and we can't go to church, we can't assemble, and many churches closed down, and many churches closed their door, and many churches went to online services, and oh my goodness, you know, what's going to happen? And now here we are in Los Angeles County, at least, we're back to wearing masks indoors and all of these things. But understand, God told us in His Word that He wants us to be part of the church. The church comes from a Greek word, ekklesia, and it means the gathering together. I think it's ironic when you look at the First Amendment, before it gets to talking about free speech, it first talks about we have to write, we have the right to assemble religiously. And God tells us, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. So I have JT on the phone from South Bay. And hey, JT, you know, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, welcome am. to the Frank Sontag Show. But, of course, I'm not Frank. I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles. And thanks for calling in. So why do you think we are in the position that we are actually duplicating exactly what Rome did as Rome fell? Well, I think that it's simple. Walt Kelly had a cartoon character named Pogo, and it had a famous line, we've met the enemy and it's us. And I'll tell you what it is. Our society was never perfect, but we have a, we've become a stupid society. We have a broken family. We've taken uh, courses out of school that used to teach people not how to think, but, you know, not to what to think, but how to think, like cursive writing and civics. We used to have comedians that were funny, and now we, we have filthy ones, and yet we want to censor all those funny comedians and all those you know, funny movies from years ago. And we don't seem to remember when entertainers were professionals and went on stage and knew how to perform without using profanity. Basically, what we've done is we've rejected the, the values of the generation that gave us the likes of Ernest Borgnine and people that had class. That's really what it is. Well, and, JT, uh, you're absolutely yeah. right. 
and I really appreciate your call. And thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate your comments. And I think that we could take that one step farther from what JT said, and we can really go back to not only what JT brought up as the breakdown of the family. And by the way, as we go on this week, we're going to do a whole show on the family. So keep your ears open and tuned in to KKLA. But uh, it's like we have drifted away from the truth of God's word. We've drifted away from the things that God has for us. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 17, where he was, you know, the real Lord's prayer. He said, sanctify them or set people apart in the truth. Thy word is truth. This is why when God said, you know, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren, uh, the church, the ecclesia, this place of gathering. See, a healthy church should be a happy church. But how can you have a happy church if the people that come to church are not happy? Yes, it's true. Some people in the church that have been, you know, baptized appear to have been possibly baptized in lemon juice. But why? But why is that? Why would people who have been set free, why would people have been forgiven by the grace of God, choose to be so critical and judgmental and even possibly suspicious of others? I wonder if some of us have forgotten that we have been called by God to let people know that there is a place of refuge that God has established here on planet Earth, a place called the church where people can come and be restored. But yet we are living here in a culture that's drifting farther and farther away from a real and a thriving relationship with God. Listen to these seven reasons why people either don't want to come to church or they're not interested in coming to church. And I'm sure some of these things are the reason why we have hit an all-time low of 47% of people coming to church. Because I think, as JT pointed out, you know, like, we're losing our mind. We're falling prey to all of these other ideologies here in the world. But we've lost what this country was founded on. I just want to have a little reminder here. Yeah, it's printed on all of our money. It says, in God we trust. This nation was established on the foundation that there's a God. Number one, here is a few reasons why people don't come to church. And I wonder if some of these reasons are why you haven't come to church. And maybe you could call in and say, if you've stopped coming to church, why you stopped coming to church? And what are some of the things that you've seen? Again, our number is 888-528-2557. But here's some of the reasons. Number one, Christians are seen as judgmental and negative. You know, a server at a restaurant and a local, you know, by a local church said this to me one Sunday that she said, you know, Sunday's her worst day. And I said, well, why is that? She goes, because I'm always serving Christians after church and they complain more than any other people. And they're not happy about anything in their lousy tippers. I'm like, 
Oh, my goodness. You know, one of the things that I always try to make an opportunity wherever I go is leaving a good sign and always sharing with people that there's a God in heaven that loves them. When I'm with my wife and we go out to a meal, uh, when we get done with the meal, uh, when I give the credit card to pay for the bill, I always place a card for our church, Core Church Los Angeles, inside. And I say, hey, there's two cards in there. One to pay the bill and another as an invite to invite you to our church. Because I want you to know that there's a God in heaven that loves you. And then I always make sure that we tip well. Because I want that person to have a good memory of me in that whole experience. Number two, this is why people say they don't come to church. They say, well, church is boring. Now, this is a big one. And that's why it's so important that a church stay, I believe, relevant, you know. We try to be relevant with our music at Core Church. We're, we try to be relevant with the preaching of God's Word because if we don't break it down to where it totally makes sense to the people that come, then didn't we just kind of waste our time and the people coming? So churches should be relevant. They should be uh, easy to understand. I love the old preacher, J. Vernon McGee. He's heard here on KKLA. And J. Vernon McGee would say, uh, when you're teaching the Word of God, you got to simplify it. And when you get done simplifying it, you need to simplify it a little bit more. And then when you're done with that, simplify it some more. And I like that because I remember when I went to a mainline denomination, when I, uh, when someone was telling me about God, uh, the priest gave the message in Latin, which did me a whole heck of a lot of good. I, it might as well have been pig Latin to me. I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. And at that point in my life, I was so empty and searching for something. But that's why I believe that some of the criticisms that people give on why they don't go to church— We need to listen to those criticisms because we don't want to be guilty of holding someone back. And obviously, something's going on because, again, we have hit an all-time church attendance low in America. We are below 50%, somewhere around 47%. We're going to keep this conversation going, so I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and I'm your host today. We've been talking about just the dire need of where we are spiritually here in the United States today. We looked at some of the reasons of why Rome fell as the last world-governing superpower and how we have likened many of those same things here in our culture today. And we're now, we left off with talking about church attendance because since 1947, where 76% of people attended church, that dropped down to 70% in the year 2000. And now we have hit an all-time low from the inception of our country, the United States of America, we have hit below 50% in church attendance. In fact, it's at an all-time low of 47%. But again, why are some of these things happening? I think many things, many reasons. We went through COVID and that just stopped the whole system of people going to church. I think we're creatures of habit. We get used to doing things. Then all of a sudden, we got out of 
the habit. So we've been looking at the top reasons of why people don't go to church. Last segment, we looked at Christians are judgmental and negative, some people say. That's why I don't go. Other people said, well, church is boring. doesn't make any sense to me. And hey, I get that. I think I have ADD worse than almost anybody on the planet. When I sit down and listen to a Bible message, if it doesn't hook me in the first five minutes, I'm daydreaming in my mind. I'm sorry to say, but that's what happens. So I think we need to make church relevant. That doesn't mean by going with nothing but social issues. It means by taking the Word of God and making it relevant. I mean, think about it. The Bible is the greatest message of all humanity. It is God's Word, the Creator of the universe, and He has given us His Word. And it's like, it is truth. Jesus said, it is truth, and it will set us free. Wow. Blessed are those who embrace his word. I love it. It says in Psalm 1, blessed is the man or woman, you know, who comes before him and knows him. And it's like, and has this relationship and knows his word. And it comes and it thrives inside of him. And so we are called by God to understand that and to know his word. So anyway, but getting back to the reasons why people don't come to church, another reason is people don't like organized religion. Hmm. Some feel there's an abuse of power, and there certainly has been. But like anything else that man's involved with, individuals can and will abuse power. But that's why it's so important for the church to carefully balance truth and grace. And listen, if you're going to a church and you're not growing and you don't really like it, well, why would you stay there when there's other churches that are maybe teaching the Word of God and that you could grow and thrive in? So I say, don't stop going to church investigate and search out a church that makes sense to you and that your family can grow in. Another reason why people say that they don't go to church, they say churches are full of hypocrites. And well, hey, this is true. At times, I've been a hypocrite before at times, but with all due respect, every one of us has been a hypocrite also at times some point or another in our life. We will all say one thing and do something else. But the great thing about the gospel message that a whole bunch of hypocrites can gather together and we can find purpose and hope and forgiveness from Jesus, our Savior, who, by the way, wasn't a hypocrite. Another reason why some people say they don't want to go to church, is the church just wants your money. And if someone goes to a church that talks more about money and the offering than they do about the sermon, then I think at that point, it could be very valid. I remember I went to a church one time down in New Zealand, and I was in this church, and they gave the offering, which took about 30 minutes. Then they went back to music. Then they had a testimony come forward. Then it came time to giving the message, and the pastor said, well, we kind of ran out of time. We'll have to give the message next week. And I'm thinking to myself, what just happened here? Why did I go to church? A church should never talk about money 
more than they talk about the truth of God's Word. That's why it's very important to be a good steward of where you decide to go to church and to give of your finances. You know, so it's a very valid point. But know this, God has chosen in His infinite wisdom to allow His people to support the church. Nobody has to, yet for those of us that do with a grateful heart, God's hand of provision will never, ever leave us. For God said that I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on those who help support the true church. But again, we need to be good stewards of that. But last but not least, the reason that some people have said that they did not want to get back in the church is they say, well, I just don't have enough time. I wonder if that would describe anybody listening today. Like, Pastor, you don't understand. I worked five, six days a week. You know, I, I worked 50, 60 hours a week. I, I need to have that day as a day of rest. And I wonder if it's not become where church is no longer a top priority for you any longer. Think about how important it is to have our relationship with the creator of the universe being stimulated by being in church. Understand, when things are right with God in our lives, then everything else seems to work out. Everything seems to be way better than it was. Yes, people can stray away from church for many reasons. Some have had legitimate reasons, but just because someone has had a bad experience doesn't mean we throw the baby out with the bathwater. I wonder if you've had a bad experience with church. It's kind of made you a little bitter on the inside. Yeah, why don't you call in and let me hear what has caused you to turn away from church. Our phone number here is 888-528-2557. That's 888-528-2557. I had an interesting thing happen. You know, we had a lady that came to our church and pulled in the parking lot and went right out the back gate. Now, I had this story told to me from the lady herself. And so this is what she shared with me. She was part of a cult, so a non-Christian cult, one that claims to be Christian, but yet they're not. And so she had moved from Oceanside into the Los Angeles area. And uh, her and her husband, and her husband left her. So she found herself in a city away from her home. Her husband had left her. And she told me I was on my one bedroom carpet, one bedroom apartment with my face on the carpet. And I was crying out to God. I wonder if there's anyone that's been in that place where you're just broken and you just feel like there's no hope for me. And she just cried out to the Lord. Now, I would love to be able to tell you this wonderful story, how I shared Christ with her and she gave her life to Christ. But to be honest, she came to know Christ right there on her living room floor, crying on the carpet. And she cried out to God, I've been part of this cult for 30 years of my life. I am so empty inside. Oh, Jesus, if you are real, the Jesus of the Bible, I want you to come inside of my heart. Please save me and fill my emptiness. Well, 
she told me that at that very moment, she felt the presence of God come upon her, and God heard her prayer. I love that. Right there, all by herself, in her apartment. So then, she started listening to KKLA. As you know, we have the program, Core Church Los Angeles, called Core Truth. We're on at 5.30 every afternoon. And so, she started listening to our program. She said, well, that church is right here. So, she drove into the parking lot, getting back to where I was. She drove in and drove out. That's it. She was gone. The next week, she came in, drove in, drove out. Came in the next week, drove in, drove out. Finally, the parking lot attendant says, look, I see you every week. You drive in and you drive out. She says, I'm just so scared. I was part of a cult for 30 years, and I didn't know that I was being misled. I just don't want to be misled again. How do I know if this man won't mislead me? He said, why don't you just come in and sit in the back row? If you don't like it after 10 minutes, come out. And she went in there, she sat down, she listened to the Word of God. That day I was talking about fornication and sin and just saying, look, if you're living with your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you're claiming to know Christ and yet you have no desire to stop living in sin, I said, then you are not going to go to heaven according to the Bible. And she said, if he's willing to say that in Los Angeles, he must be speaking truth. And she plugged into our church and grew as a woman of God. How cool is that? So I think that we as pastors and you as a congregation, we have to work together. And one of the things that we do as we work together is we come prepared to teach the truth of God's Word. I've said this many times in the past, but I'll say it again. The Word of God is not always what you want to hear, but it is always what you need to hear. See, not everyone wants to hear the Word of God, but we need to hear it because it is what causes us to grow into a relationship with God. Let's not forget, God said, it's not that my hand is so short that I can't reach you. It's not that my ears dull that I can't hear you, but your sin has made a separation between me and you. That's why we need to come before the Lord and he confronts us at times on our areas of sin. Why? So it'll break that break in relationship with God. Hey, don't leave. We're going to come right back. All right. Welcome back. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn, Core Church Los Angeles. I'm your host today. And in this hour, we've been looking at the dire straits of where we are in America. And we were correlating the same differences that we have, the same things that were happening in the last world governing empire, the superpower Rome, and how Rome was not conquered, but they fell from within. We looked at Google Docs, 14 reasons why. We looked at five of those reasons, and they were the decline in morality, the political corruption, the failing economy, being ruled by the mob, and a decline in ethics. We see all of those things alive and thriving. So where do we leave this hour? Do we just leave this hour like, well, that's it. You know, we're all going to die. <laughs> it's like, it's Monday. Why not? No, just kidding. It's like we have so much hope in the Scripture. God has given us hope. Isn't that awesome? I mean, we're just coming out of this global pandemic. I don't know. Are we coming out of it or are we going back into it with Delta now? I'm not sure. But, you know, one thing about a pandemic, it's a disease over the whole world. There is something much worse than COVID 
are the new delta. It's sin and rebellion towards God. But, you know, Jesus said in John eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I love what it says in my devotions yesterday. I was reading in Zechariah chapter 1, verse 3. And God speaking, he says, return to me so that I can return to you. Wow, what cool words are those for those of us who are in this planet that we live in. With all the problems, with all the chaos, with all the unrest. I love what it says in Psalm 31. It says, in you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. He says, in your righteousness, you can deliver me. He he says, incline your ear to me and rescue me. Be to me a rock of strength. I mean, listen to some of those words there. God wants to be our refuge. He wants to deliver us. He wants to rescue us. He wants to be a stronghold, a rock, and a fortress to those of us who call upon him. Maybe you are like what he said in verse 12, where he says, I am like a broken vessel. Of course, we don't admit that to anyone. Oh, how you doing? We're doing great. Everything's fine. But on the inside, maybe we're not doing as good as we think and other people see on the outside. Remember what God said. He said in 1 Samuel, he's like, I don't look on the outside as man looks. You know, we look at how we dress and how we do our hair and how we wear our makeup. Women, that is, although you never know these days. But it's like God says, I don't look on the outward. I look on the heart. In fact, when Jesus talking to the rich young ruler after he told him, oh, you know, you want to get to heaven? Oh, just do the commandments. Live by the commandments. And the rich young ruler, youth, will always speak out quickly. He says, oh, I've done all of that. Oh, like you've lived by all the commandments? And then it says that Jesus looked at him. You could say that Jesus looked right through him. I wonder if Jesus was to look at us here today, all of us on the radio listening, and he looked right through you. I wonder what he would see. Because all of our lives are like a clear transparency before him. I wonder if we could really be honest with the Lord if we would not say, Oh, Lord, deliver me. I need to take refuge in you. How great is your goodness. Maybe you have heard of the goodness of God, but maybe you're not experiencing the goodness of God. Maybe you need to hide in him in the secret place of the Lord. I love how he finishes Psalm 31. He says, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all of you who hope in the Lord. This week we're going to look at all kinds of different subjects. We're going to have many guest hosts and speakers here this week. Not guest hosts, I'm the guest host. But many other people that are going to come in. Looks like we're going to have Sean McDowell. We're going to have Greg Glory. We're going to have a a bunch of wonderful people that you're going to want to hear. But we always want to close out segments with the hope that God has given us. God has given us a hope. I wonder if you have that hope. Because there's so many things that come in like a thief 
to steal, to grab from us, to take, to rob from us. You know, it's been said that if the thief called your house and told you when he was going to come, you'd be ready for him and he wouldn't break into your house. But the thieves don't do that. They, they, they come when you're not expecting it. They come when you're not anticipating it. And sometimes there's a thief of our soul that comes in and robs from us when we're not expecting it. And before we know it, our hope has been dashed. And we need to find that refuge. I wonder if there's anyone listening right now that needs that hope and that refuge. I wonder if there's anyone that's listening that just needs to have their hope lifted up once again before the Lord. I wonder if something that we've done has caused a severing in that relationship with God. Because some of us face it, we become like a prodigal son and a prodigal daughter, and we drift away from the Lord, could I say? Sometimes it happens so slowly that you don't really notice you're drifting. It's kind of like being caught in a riptide. I used to go body surfing all the time. And, you know, you start out right here and you're by, you know, the lifeguard tower number 12. Then you start body surfing and you're just catching waves and you're just loving it. And all of a sudden you look up and you're no longer by lifeguard tower number 12. You're you're at lifeguard tower number 15. Hey, what happened? I've been drifting down. You got caught in a riptide. You've been taken down the shore. Sometimes it pulls you out. Sometimes it takes you where you don't want to. But sometimes you don't even know that it's happening. And that's how it can be with us spiritually at times. King David found himself in that. He found himself in a place in a position to where he had drifted so far away from God that he says he felt like his bones were broken inside because of the sin that had severed his relationship with God. And that's why, in one of the greatest chapters in all the Bible, Psalm 51, that's why David said, Oh, God, be gracious to me. You know, according to your loving kindness, according to your greatness and your compassion, he said, Oh, blot out my sin. You know, that word blot out that he uses there means, Lord, can you erase this? Can you exterminate it? We need the exterminator to come in our life. What do we do when we call the exterminator to our house? We want to exterminate termites. We want them gone. They're eating our house from the inside out. Sometimes that's what hopelessness does to our soul. It eats us from the inside out, and we need to exterminate that. That's why David fell upon the Lord. He says, oh, I've done this myself. And I love what he said in verse 10. He said, create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This word create that he used there, it was the same word. Get this. This is crazy. And and believers can grasp onto this. And if you're a non-believer, own this right now. Drink it into your soul. He said create. It comes from the Hebrew word bara. That means create something out of nothing. Now, this is the same word that God used in Genesis 1-1 where he says, God created the heavens and the earth. Think about that. 
God made the heavens and the earth. They say there's a hundred billion galaxies with a hundred billion stars in each one. It says that the, you know, the science tells us that the earth is 25,000 miles in circumference and it's traveling in an orbit that's 520 million miles long around the sun at a thousand miles per second. Okay, that's mind exploding. God, when he created all of that, he didn't go into Home Depot. Yes, I need some building materials. Yeah, well, what are you building? Uh, the universe. Yeah, that's on aisle five and six. No, no, he created it out of nothing. So what David is saying, and what I want you to drink into your soul today, is that we can cry out to God and say, created me out of nothing, a clean heart, because some of us have soiled our hearts, and it has caused a severing of our relationship with God. But guess what? God doesn't hate you. He loves you, and he cares about you, and he wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to be set apart. He wants you to be that man and woman of godliness set apart with what? A high calling. So, yes, we started the segment off. Our country's in dire straits. Our country's all kinds of problems. But you, in the midst of the circumstances that we're surrounded in, can find great joy and peace in the God of all creation. Because that's why he came to this earth. Jesus Christ came to this earth, died. He was bludgeoned to death on a cross for you and for me, bore all of your sin, all of my sin on his body so that we could be forgiven. Cry out to him with a prayer like this. Oh God, forgive me. Come into my heart. I believe you love me. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. God bless you.